What is, what is happening? It is time to talk about the seven deadly sins. You're going to do a thing. You got to go with the creepy voice. It's time. Okay, no. It's, okay, no. It's... <laughs> I, I didn't feel like it. All right. This is the Anything But Quiet Time podcast, a special series this month of October. Yes, the seven deadly sins. Where did that come from? It's not just a movie script. It's not just something out of Hollywood with mm-hmm. Morgan Freeman. But uh, I think what we cover will hopefully be as eye-opening for you as it has been for me. Yeah, yeah. We were really excited to to talk about uh, something that's just kind of out there. In fact, when I first heard it, it was from a friend of mine that uh, he's not a Christian, and he just asked our driver's ed. I think he was bored. He says our our driver's ed teacher, hey, what's the seventh one? And and it was just <laughs> this discussion because it's kind of this pop culture thing. But obviously, we know it has something to do with the Bible. So what is it? Actually, it started with a monk. Is that right? It was a fourth century. And he was doing it because he, his name, I even wrote it down, Evagrius Ponticus. That's just impossible to say. So there will not be a test after this. But, yeah, that's good. And it wasn't seven. It was eight. Eight evil thoughts. And he wrote them all out. And it was trying to be helpful for people who are following after Jesus. These are things you need to be on the lookout for because hmm. these are the things that could truly trip you up. And it was gluttony, lust, avarice, which is greed, anger uh, or wrath, sloth, sadness. Now, that's not one in the current day listing. Interesting. Vainglory or vanity and pride. Um, we are going to explore a couple of these each week. Yeah. Because uh, what we've also kind of realized just looking into it already, they they all kind of tie in together. They all do, yeah. Because these are human desires. A lot of the carnal, in fact, they I think they were called the cardinal sins back in the mm. day because it has something to do with the Catholic Church. Yeah. Uh, but we are excited to today, as much as you can be excited for, talk about envy and wrath. Yes, specifically those. And did you hear envy in that list? It wasn't in the original. It's not in that list. And Pope Gregory the First comes along, and he removes sloth, and he adds envy, and that was the sixth century, um, and he made pride kind of the ruler over the other seven vices. Yeah. Okay. Uh, because they are all linked to pride, and then the thirteenth century, Thomas Aquinas is like, "Well, I'll do you one better." Thomas Aquinas he brings back sloth, he takes out sadness, and and pride altogether, and he replaces vainglory. As again, the overarcher ruler of the others. So it's just fascinating how it, but now currently we have pride, greed, lust, envy, gluttony, wrath, and sloth. Those are the seven current, seven deadly sins. It has a Catholic background, but where can you also find things in scripture that point to clearly these can really get you on a path of corruption? Yeah, they they are all uh, condemned um, mm-hmm. in in the right way as long as we understand each of them uh, right. Because um, I know pride is going to be a very interesting conversation. We're going to do that one last uh, because it does kind of all of these encompass mm-hmm. that one. Yeah. Uh, but envy is one that in a materialistic world, especially the United States, yeah. wanting to keep up with the Joneses. That is kind of the basic root of uh, covetousness. Is another word the Bible uses for it. Yes, envy. Um, and you know, it's interesting. Uh, they related it to sadness. I mean, that was in the original listing with sadness and they replaced it with envy because if we're coveting what others have, that's going to lead to dissatisfaction. Mm. 
And envy, this is interesting, is joy at another's misfortune and sorrow when they are fortunate. Wow. So I'm super happy that they're going down or I'm super sad because they're being lifted up. That's envy. So would you please play the music that I asked you to play and then I will explain it. Okay, that's all I need. Yeah. Gilligan's Island. Why in the world am I bringing that up? Uh-huh. Okay, so the <laughs> the creator of Gilligan's Island said that the characters each um, they display the spirit of seven deadly sins. Oh, fascinating! I know. I was wait. Wait, what? What is that? So, and I've read different like. People said that, ooh, I think Gilligan represents this, or I think Marianne represents that. So I, I read a couple of websites. I think I've got what he mainly meant for each one to be. Can you imagine, who would the professor be out of the seven deadly sins? I'm not going to be familiar, I'm familiar enough try. with the show. I know materialistic is the rich lady, but uh, uh, I, I, okay. I, I, I'm not going to know. Well, actually, I think I might surprise you with some of these. So Pride is the professor. Super smart and everything, and okay. that, that's where he gets tripped up. Skipper is actually a combo of gluttony and anger. Hmm. He's always hitting mm-hmm. Gilligan. Yeah. He's yeah. always angry. Uh, Ginger, lust. Lust embodied is how they described her on the website. Marianne is envy. Why? Because she's the girl next door, but she's always looking to what Ginger gets in terms of, oh, okay. of attention and wishes that that's something that other people would see her as the person that should have the the focus and attention. Uh, Mr. Howell is greed. Mrs. Howell is sloth because Mrs. Howell didn't do a thing. She sat on the island. Oh, that's right. Okay. And Gilligan? Well, some have equated him to the devil himself. Because if it wasn't for Gilligan, they would have been off that island at the very beginning. It's like literally you have to, quote, defeat the Gilligan. Hmm. of your own soul <laughs> kind of thing. And he was always wearing red, as somebody else pointed out. Now, you, you can buy into that as much as you want, but the creator of the show said, yeah, that he wanted each character to be like, this is what's keeping them from getting off the island. Yeah, that's interesting. I Yeah, so and I thought there's a fun, kind of silly way to relate to a very serious topic of conversation. But yeah, you bring up you bring up Envy. Marianne, it's it's coveting and sometimes you look at that as just oh that's kind of cutesy though you know wanting what somebody else has it's like oh man i wish i had mm-hmm. what they have whether it's physical or materialistic but when it gets to a place of coveting that is when it turns into envy that's when it turns into sin people use the words uh, jealousy and envy uh, interchangeably a yeah, lot yeah they do and um, one definition that I read I, I really like is, uh, and you've had some great definitions of, of enviousness, uh, but envy is a reaction to lacking something that another person possesses. And jealousy is a reaction to the fear or threat of losing something uh, or losing someone. And mm. so in a way, you know, because you've, you've stated before, we kind of get confused when the Bible calls God jealous, but... Yeah, but he's not sinful, so he's like he wants the position number one in our lives because he created us, and yeah. so it's it's uh it's a human word maybe used to express this is my rightful place, and so I'm jealous for that place, but in a way that is dignified, <laughs> yes, and not outrageous and sinful. <laughs> and there would be it would be a a similar situation where you could have godly jealousy if you're 
you know, caring about the people that are most important to you in your life. Mm -hmm. You know, you have a child, they grow up and then they struggle with some sort of addiction Mm -hmm. and you want to make sure that they know that you are, you love them, you're in their life and that you don't want to lose them to this. Mm. And so there's a sense of godly jealousy of fighting against that so that you don't lose something or someone. Uh, But envy is kind of sitting here from the outside when we have all that God has given us and looking at someone else and having such discontent of your own stuff that your own blessings. Yes. Overlooking all of the blessings that I mean, the air that I breathe for crying out loud because I look at someone else that has something that I want. I don't know if you ever saw the movie, and I can't remember how appropriate it is, uh, but Ben Stiller, Jack Black, 2003, 2004, somewhere in there, it was called Envy, Okay, is what the movie is called. I've never seen that movie. Oh, my goodness. I don't know how I haven't seen that movie. Oh, my goodness. And it didn't, I don't think it did well at the box office or anything, but they're both, they're neighbors, and I think they even work at the same place. Mm -hmm. And they're not, you know, they're lower middle class and they're, I think in the beginning, you could kind of see they both want more, but they're, they enjoy their families and they enjoy the blue collar jobs that they have. Well, Jack Black, you can imagine if you're familiar with these actors, the characters that, that this is perfect that they play these characters. Jack Black says to Ben Stiller, I'm working on a thing that would, instead of you having to pick up after your dog on a walk, uh, you just spray it. And it's gone. It disappears. I call it the vaporizer. Okay. <laughs> okay. And Ben Stiller, in so many words, is like, I'm good. Yeah, good, I, don't, good. I don't want to get on the ground floor with this one. Good That's luck fine. with all that. Yeah. Jack Black does it and becomes a billionaire. <laughs> and Ben Stiller, the rest of the movie, is so discontent. And you start to see, it's a comedy, but you start to see, you know, he's not only wanting what, what Jack Black has. Because yeah. Jack Black didn't move. He built a... <laughs> In the blue collar neighborhood, he built this mega mansion right next door to Ben Stiller's shack, you know, and you start to see him get angry with his wife and all of these things Mm. that lead to that and that human carnal desire to want what he doesn't have. Yeah. Well, you already mentioned the next one, wrath. Oh, we haven't really covered. We haven't covered all of the things that envy could cover, because, I mean, this is an endless list. And you bring up jealousy and you're thinking, well, if God is jealous, it's okay for me to be jealous. I think and and there are certain definitions out there. It it depends on the one that you want to name and claim. Mm -hmm. I think the the words that give the baggage to the word. Um, I almost think about, okay, so if God is jealous and this is a righteous jealousy, it's because he knows something I don't know for my benefit. It's almost like yeah. if if I see my husband and I'm jealous for his time or he's with somebody else and I'm looking at that and thinking, but we could as a team go back to the things that God has for us, then I'm jealous for that time. I'm jealous for right, his right. attention. It's almost a beneficial type of thing as opposed to an envy. If if I'm on the outside of a marriage looking in saying, I want that man over there who's somebody else's husband. Right. That's exactly, that is a great, I think that's a better example because you're jealous of, I mean, let's just, let's just take a, a random person, you know, random uh, made up uh, couple, uh, Mark and Marsha. And Mark starts all of a sudden, all of a sudden, hey, I got to work late. Mm-hmm. And then he's at coffee and dinner with a female a coworker. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Marsha is in the right to be jealous of, no, 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 we are married. Right. We are, and in, in, in the right way, and there's, of course, a, a million biblical or unbiblical ways you could handle that, exactly. um, <laughs> but in the right way, saying, this is what's important. Mm-hmm. Our commitment is to each other. 
while let's say Mark mm-hmm. instead, let's take it this a different scenario. Mark looks at, you know, this other couple and just like you said, once that I wish my wife was more like her. Yeah. I wish that. Yeah. And that it, That is a perfect example. It's interesting that I mean, it's semantics with jealousy and envy. When I'm looking at the definition provided by, you know, what they give us online, it's just like, OK, well, envy and jealousy. Envy is the emotion of coveting what someone else has, while jealousy is the emotion related to fear that something you have will be taken away by somebody else. It's still a fear based situation. I don't see God getting afraid or intimidated by his, quote, rivals for our hearts. Yeah. But so it's like, okay, well, hmm, is that the best word we had at the time? Right. So we use that word to describe his feelings towards us. I think maybe that's more it. But yeah, I think I think, you know, if you are following after Christ, I think the Holy Spirit is going to guide you. You know, when you've crossed a line, it's like, okay, now you've crossed into a place that is unhealthy, Mm. whether jealousy or envy. You have gone to a place where, I mean, this is why the monk sat down in the fourth century and started writing this stuff out because he saw perhaps it trip up his other brothers. And he's like, I don't want this to happen to us. Mm-hmm. And speaking of brothers, I mean, this this beautiful book we call the Bible is filled with stories that if we allow them will reflect our own lives. So Cain and Abel is the very first account, I think, where we see envy and nobody wrote that down and like and God has stamped it and said, this is my opinion. Well, there's not many more stories before it. Uh-huh. I mean, it's the, <laughs> and it leads to the first act of wrath. I mean, if you want to go there, Adam and Eve, they envied God, his position as God, and they wanted to be as gods in their own world. So that's why they took the fruit that they were forbidden. You could maybe call that envy. Sure. Greed, gluttony. You could actually connect all of them. And it leads us to a place of what? It's about pride. Yeah. So, but envy, Cain sees his brother Abel, maybe even started with greed because Cain didn't want to offer up the best sacrifice. That's kind of implied, I feel. I could see that. It just says he didn't have the best one. It's it. Well, it shares that Abel and he brought their sacrifices. One was blessed and one wasn't. So you're assuming that there's a reason why Cain's was not looked upon the, the same way that he looked upon Abel's. Abel brought the best lamb, the best of his flock, and he brought it with offering in his heart as well as in his hand. You know, there was something precious and 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 righteous about what Abel offered. What Cain offered, maybe he was holding back, maybe because he didn't want to give the best anyway. What if he did bring the best first fruit, as it says in Scripture, we're supposed to bring our first fruit, our best, but his heart was ugly. Yeah. God, for some reason, not pleased. And if it was maybe not reaching his heart, perhaps it was greed because he never wanted to, he never wanted to release it in the first place. I want to hang on to it. But it led to a place of envy because God blessed Abel and Abel uh, and God were good. And Cain and God, Cain wanted what Abel and God had and he was mad about it. And it led to a wrathful encounter with his brother where he took his brother to life. Yeah. It, you see how one leads to another. What is wrath? Wrath is when anger makes you reach the point of desiring to kill or seriously wound anybody else. And there could be justification by the truckloads, the world around you even saying, look, I know that person took the life of someone close to you and in the moment they deserved what they got. But that is the fruit of wrath. 
the definition I have, an excessive improper desire to exact revenge. Mm -hmm. And obviously that's what Cain did. And there's so many examples. And it's like a lot of brother examples. Like there was Jacob and Esau and then Joseph and his brothers. They were all envious of Joseph. Uh, Can uh, Debbie Downer for a minute. Okay. (laughs) What we're all afraid of. Uh, in the United States, in the world today, are random acts of violence. Mm. You know, when you see somebody with a weapon at a shopping mall or whatever. But I'm sure, I I don't even have to look it up, I'm sure that any law enforcement or or knowledgeable person would say most of the crimes that they actually see are crimes of passion. Mm. Are, yeah, spouses, ex-spouses, brothers. In the moment. In the moment, so heated reactions, reactions, and even even you, you know, I think it's so good to connect these, Rochelle, because uh, I go back and forth on wrath and envy, right? Because you talk about wanting someone to get theirs, um, not being for someone in that sense, and often with enviousness on where I go. I have a friend named, uh, and I think we're both the same way. Is where I'm going to use this example. I have a friend named Matthew. And we were, uh, and we're, you know, we keep up to each other, with each other to this day. But it was, we would, we would do the same things. You know, we did our, our hair the same way with gel where you'd put it up in the front in the, in <laughs> the late nineties and early two thousands, yeah. right? And so we did our hair the same way. You know, we were probably same in the food chain of how popular you are at school. We were in band and drumline together. Our moms were friends. I mean, there was so much that we, and we really, and it wasn't just like this random kid we had stuff in common. We were friends. We always hung out. You were Bubba and Forrest. That's exactly right. Uh, Are you twins? We are not relations, sir. (laughs) We are not relations. That's right. And we enjoy trip. Um, (laughs) And I think I, and I'm just going to speak for him. I think we were the same way. We wanted to beat each other at all costs. Okay. So you were super competitive. And I would, (laughs) it wasn't that I wanted him to be last, but I definitely never wanted him to be first. (laughs) Right. And I think him the same for me, especially when it got into literal competition of drumline Uh and things like that. And it's, and, but there it is. That is that human desire. Uh Of wanting as long as if I can't that I think that's what it is. If I can't have it or do it or be it, then at least let me choose who it's going to be. Mm. Oh, some random person. Oh, the shoe in. OK, that's fine. Yeah. No, no, not not my best friend when everybody's going to compliment him instead yeah. of me. No, yeah. can't have it. You got to keep checking yourself. Uh huh. And then I think maybe another best friend is a requirement to keep you accountable. Yeah, uh, certainly yeah. the Holy Spirit's like, well, I'm right here. But, um, <laughs> it's true. but it's true because I think a little bit of healthy competition and I mean, it, it, nothing wrong with that per se. I, I think it's in us to achieve. It's in us to strive as to win the race, you know, but keeping it in check in terms of now, is it going across the line where I am now no longer joying in their achievement mm-hmm. and I'm doing what it says. Actually, I'm joying when they have misfortune. That is a problem. Yeah. And it's one, I think we write off. Well, they deserved it. Mm-hmm. Or, hmm, I'll get mine someday. Or, I, I don't know, these little things that we can tell ourselves. Make no mistake, the enemy delights when we lie to ourselves, when we deceive ourselves with these little things, I think the world loves to throw our way. It makes us comfortable. I feel comfortable about it because, hey, you're on my side, right? You support whatever I say. 
well, then I don't think that person, you know, deserves this or that. Or I'm telling you, oh, there there may be nothing worse in a Christian walk than a a well-meaning enabler, but enabler <laughs> friend that, oh, they're crazy. And you didn't even hear, yeah. like if Rochelle, if let's say we work separate places and Rochelle came to me and said, you know, you believe what happened at work today. And mm-hmm. I just off the bat go, they're crazy. How could they not like you? You're great. Yeah. I, you may be the crazy person, Rochelle. I might be the one that you needed to be holding accountable the whole time. Yeah. Because I wasn't but keeping as, checks on But it. as friends, we don't want to go there. No. And so then we're all led to believe I'm, I'm great. Yeah. I got wronged, even though I'm not the one that you know, got partner or made the competition or whatever. I didn't get the promotion. I think the friend is the one that is always honest with you, but is gracious in, in their, their honesty. It's not the, yeah, you look terrible. (laughs) Now that, that's not the friend you want to hang out with. No, that's not This dress makes me look at, yes. Yeah. (laughs) You know, there's a nice way to say things, but yeah, I, I, I think we're all guilty. I know I'm guilty of enabling because I I wanted to be that supportive person instead of just saying stuff that might sting for the moment but bring healing in the end. Yeah. And yeah. They, so there we are with envy and quite potentially leading to a place of wrath. We see it over and over again because you get mad enough about something because you wanted it. It's It's discontentment. Mm-hmm. I mean, at its finest of, I mean, think about that. You are discontent in every situation mm-hmm. that isn't about you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's hard to swallow. No, I, again, we're us. We only have one, uh, you know, lens to look through in terms of, of, of people, you know, hopefully we can look at it through a godly lens, but um, it, I, I am me and I will always be me. And when stuff doesn't go my way, I have to take a step back and go, not everything is about me. Yeah. I think it's also important to bring back the Kane story of let's, these are hypotheticals, what ifs, because it's not, it's not narrative. It's not in the narrative about why God was not pleased with Cain's offering. We have different ideas as to why. Mm-hmm. But let's say it was a matter of the heart. Jesus addresses the matter of the heart in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5, he talks about um, murder. He said, anyone who is angry with his brother is subject to judgment. Mm-hmm. And didn't even talk about like, hey, this guy went out and murdered, so he's definitely subject to judgment. No, anybody who is angry, he, and he's talking about wrath here, in his heart is guilty and is going to have to stand before the judgment throne. And then he says, Any, anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger. Of the fire of hell. That's pretty harsh. Regarding adultery, anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So then it's like, well, Lord Jesus, then who is free from these types of thoughts? Well, no one. That's why he came. Yeah. So that he could redeem us and we could be free in him. And so there is kind of a difference between uh, the temptation because Jesus himself was tempted with things. Right. But was without sin. You were talking about that earlier today. Yeah, that um, we're going to have temptation and temptation is not sin. Uh, But when do we give ourselves over to it? When are we enacting our will with it? When are we fantasizing or when are we acting out? You know, and and it's it's hard. But um, but for example, if you have the feeling that you're mad at somebody Mm -hmm. and you want to punch them, but you don't, 
Mm. You, you've certainly stayed away from a temptation. Mm-hmm. Now, Jesus just said you might be guilty of it in your heart. So you got to kind of gauge that too. Yeah. Uh, but, but there's a difference in having a fleeting thought going right. through your mind or grabbing hold of it and going, I'm going to stew in this. Yeah. And let it course through your veins every time you see them. Right. Instead right. Of const- and then it's not like, I think a lot of the times we may press this on each other as Christians. Well, because Jesus saved us like that, mm-hmm. then the process of forgiveness or being freed from those types of thoughts uh, of of frustration, anger, jealousy, or whatever. It should be just like that. A lot of that is a process. A lot of that is a continual, Lord, moment by moment. Yeah. Help me to marinate. <laughs> Help me to marinate in things that are of good report so that I don't immediately go to those knee-jerk response places because I know that's not of you. I, I I have been in a way of, if there's a certain sin that you struggle with, I have been in a way uh appreciate weirdly mm-hmm. uh, appreciative because then it just proves because the last one we're going to get to in this series is pride right and it, it just proves more and more how much of a mess up i am and that i need jesus yes. and it will keep me away from prideful thoughts absolutely yes and so when you feel like a failure and like an idiot and like it's the same thing all the time rejoice re- seriously uh-huh. and because the scary thing is there's is scary and good news here that what these are talk a lot of these are talking about, mm-hmm. and certainly I'm glad you said, you know, that's the reason Jesus came. So there's misnomers out there that these seven deadly sins are what will send you to hell. Mm-mm. Any sin will sin sin will send you to hell yeah. without Jesus. Uh, but these are all redemptive, you know, yeah. just turning to him. But the scary part is mm-hmm. all of these are our desires. Mm. We blame things on Satan a lot. Yeah. And and like you said, I love the Gilligan thing because he's He's rejoicing in this and he's sending the temptation. Sure. But a lot of these, I think all of these on the list would be from what we want at our human core. So we do the flip side of it. And I like the fact that these guys, when they were coming up with this list, um, that eventually were given the flip side. All right. So what's the opposite of it? What can we strive for? Mm -hmm. And actually, what do we have access to? That's the better thing. It's like having, and I've referred to it like this before, like a pantry. It's already in your Holy Spirit pantry. So you just have to remember to grab it. So the, what we would go for instead of envy, gratitude. Hmm. And just start listing the blessings of your life. And it may feel like a dinky list at first, especially if you were in the throngs of frustration, anger, envy. But if you start with, I'm breathing. Yeah. Lord, I thank you for breath. Even if it, maybe you're having some respiratory issues. Rochelle, that's not a good one. All right, but you're you're still breathing. Yeah. You know, I have to start with, Lord, thank you that I woke up this morning. Thank you for um, the food that I ate today or the fact that I was able to maybe go and buy some food today or, you know, just start with whatever. But gratitude. And then when we look at wrath, patience. Being patient, that's one of the fruit of his spirit. Galatians 5 shares that as one of the nine fruit of the spirit. I have access to patience. I'm not going to want to pull a firearm on the person in traffic that is driving me insane. Yeah. Because I am tapping into patience. And it's right there in my my pantry. I love this in the Psalms, um, Psalm 37. This is verses 3 through 6. Trust in the Lord and do good. Then you will live safely in the land and prosper. 
Take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desires. In fact, that's just three and four, I think, all we need because when we turn to God, mm-hmm. he's not going to say, okay, I give you a Ferrari now to keep up with the Joneses. Our desires change. Mm-hmm. Our heart changes when we tor- turn towards him. And then he gives us our desires and we're living purely. Yes, yes. and it, the reverse of that is true. If I find myself starting to desire something else, I've turned away a little bit. I need yeah. to turn back. Yeah. Turn back to Jesus. And you know what's amazing? You get met with grace every time. Um, this has been a wonderful conversation. We're going to have, uh, I believe, four episodes of this. We're going to mm-hmm. pair up the next uh, four, and then we're going to do Pride all alone uh, next week. What do you want to? What do you want to? What are the other two that we're going to cover? Well, we could go with a little sloth or gluttony, or we could go. Oh, oh, we're going. <laughs> I just want to make sure that we get this in at the end. Or greed and lust. Which would you prefer? You get your choice. Should I choose my preference? <laughs> Yes. All right. It's next time on the Anything But Quiet Time podcast. And of course, all the resources, all the hope that you need is at hopeondemand.com. 